1: Did you ever, ever, ever in your long-legged life see a long-legged man with a long-legged wife? No, never, never, never in a long-legged life see a long-legged man with a long-legged wife. Did you ever, ever, ever in your long-legged
2: life see a long-legged man with a long-legged wife? No, never, never, never in my long-legged life be a long-legged man with a long-legged wife. We were at home watching television and just before six o'clock, Brian had missed getting his tea and I gave him his tea up in the in the kitchen where he was sitting in the armchair looking at television in the living room. I gave him his tea and he smiled. He smiled when I gave him the tea. And then I took away his dishes and washed them. And that was the last time I saw him. And John Martin, he was in bed when I left, having a wee rest. And he must have just been up when the gunmen burst in. He must have just been up at a bed. For somebody told me he'd only one shoe on.
1: A sailor went to see, 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 to see what he could see, 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 but all that he could see,
2: see, see, was the bottom of the deep blue, see, see, see. Protestants that have come in to me have said to me, we could live well together if we were let alone. We've always lived well together, very well, and my Protestant neighbour came down to me and brought me up to her house at the time of the death and gave me a meal you know how it is in the wake house? You only get sandwiches and tea. And she brought, and all the members of the family too, she brought them all into her home and made us a meal. So that was kindness. And they rallied round and cleared out the house and brought in chairs and tables and did everything. Got the house ready. It was in an awful state. And they got it ready for the wake and I brought them home to my own little home. I was going to bring them to this house here because there was more space, but I thought I'd bring them back to where they were born and reared.
3: When all the cards stop coming and the people stop calling, are you going to feel worse then or will yes. you come to accept it by Oh, then? yes.
2: I'm going to feel a lot worse. You're a very brave woman, Mrs Reapy. Well, you know, I've been getting tablets and they've helped me but I would feel better if I had a good cry.
4: The sorts of job that a social worker does is very much the same because we're working with people as individuals or families. Uh, we're not concerned with our political beliefs, we're concerned with what is worrying them and what their particular problems are on a much more personal basis.
5: Sheila Jennings, Assistant Director of the Northern Ireland Eastern Health and Social Services Board. The board is the major employer of social workers in Belfast. What do social workers do? Well, they help people to come to terms with their needs, to fulfil those needs which the state provides, from help with prenatal care, if you need that, to the other end of the scale, help with bereavement. What the social worker offers in terms of state aid occupies over 150 categories in the handbook Guide to Social Services from the A of adoption, aftercare of offenders, alcoholics, to the other end of youth work, training and workshops for the blind. Northern Ireland, being part of the UK, is the inheritor of the development of socialised medicine, a vast state service mainly developed by successive labour governments in Britain. Social work is part of that state service, geared towards containing the ills of modern urban living. But what when that modern urban situation is Belfast today? Today.
4: There are four colleges offering professional social work training within the province. Um, they are obviously taking the situation in the province into account in their training of students, so that um, students are getting perhaps more help in the theoretical sense. Um, but. In addition to that, obviously, uh, as employers, we are having to be aware of the situations in which our staff have to work. And I think one of the most obvious things is that they need a considerable degree of support more than they perhaps would otherwise require.
6: Brian
5: Coulter is
6: a principal social worker. We find that uh, when it comes to a sudden bereavement caused, let's say, by civil disturbance, uh, that very often there's a great deal of help is poured into the family situation in the short term. And uh, there's a great deal of support offered in the uh, period of immediate crisis. Support
5: by by social workers or by acquaintances or su- and family?
6: Yes, support very often by family and by the extended family generally and by neighbours, this sort of thing. Uh, But then uh, there is the longer-term problem and, of course, the uh, folk who pour in the immediate help very often have their own uh, worries and their own problems and they tend to tail off. And at that time probably is the time when the social worker is most needed to help the person cope with the grief reaction that uh, often comes with uh, the trauma of sudden bereavement. How is that done? Well, the uh, social worker, as part of their uh, professional training, uh, uh, will be uh, helped to understand the problems that uh, are often experienced in the psychiatric setting with people who have prolonged grief reactions. And very often simply what is needed there is someone who will sit and listen And listen sympathetically because people do get tired listening to someone who has had a bereavement and they find it difficult to accept that uh, it can be such a long-term problem. So really it's supportive help in the sense of sitting, listening and being there on top whenever someone's needed.
2: But I miss my sons very much. I miss them very much. I'll never be the same again.
5: Obie Williams, 13 years a social worker in the north and for a year working in particular areas of the city.
2: Uh,
3: I encountered very little hostility directed towards me personally. Um, I felt quite secure and safe, which was um, surprising to me.
5: It was known you were a Protestant, was it?
3: Um, definitely, yes. I would say that I mean, people do know, yes. Um, the hostility was directed towards authority in terms of army police um, and also towards authority in, in terms of perhaps the housing executive uh, and other bodies like that and you know, we for some reason as social workers uh, I think it's because we're non-judgmental um, we're accepted uh, we didn't have our offices burned and we didn't have any horrible incidents happen to any of our staff
1: My mommy told me If I was goody That she would buy me a rubber dolly My auntie told her I kissed a soldier Now she won't buy me a rubber dolly
5: As confidence in traditional authority became eroded to be replaced by the more localised authority of paramilitary groups, punishment for misdemeanours was handed out by the paramilitaries. Depending on the area of Belfast, the misdemeanours could be drug-dealing, petty crime, or fraternising with soldiers.
3: I think it was generally known that uh, you know, steps were taken to discipline people who were considered social deviants in the area, and this seemed to be far beyond um, the scope of political activities. Um, and I think this was one of the most difficult things to cope with, was coping with uh, a, a community that lived in fear, coping with your own fear and coping with the fear of individuals uh, who came into your office. Uh, and I, I don't think anyone can really um, find a remedy for fear, given the situation of the er- some areas in Belfast.
5: Talking about people who are intimidated or who are threatened and come to the social worker and ask the social worker to help them.
3: Th- that did happen on occasion.
5: What, wh- what do you do in that kind of situation?
3: Well, each individual is in a different situation, um... <coughs> Efforts were made from time to time to remove people from the area and find uh, alternative accommodation for them elsewhere. Uh, obviously, everything that was done is done in an entirely confidential way.
5: You would also have the means, then, would you, of checking out whether a threat was genuine or not?
3: Um, no, we didn't uh, do police work as such. Um, one only had to look at people's faces, really, when they came in the office. Uh, whether their fear was real or imaginary, it didn't matter. I
4: mean... The areas were cloaked uh, with the feeling of fear anyway. Families may be intimidated, may have to move from a neighbourhood that they've lived in all their lives, so they have problems uh, both in having to move from their familiar neighbourhood and in settling into an unfamiliar one.
5: As Sheila Jennings sees it, one act of successful intimidation can plunge a family into a problem situation.
4: There are obvious problems of parents worried about their children and what their children are doing if they're out of their sight, Um, obvious problems for the elderly who uh, are in many cases becoming much more isolated, uh, where um, houses are blocked up, they're being left, um, the community around them may be vanishing. So sort of loneliness and isolation of of old people.
5: And how do you cope with that?
4: By really a mixture of services. The individual social workers or social work assistants um, trying to keep contact with the elderly, uh, by the provision of um, daycare services, development of day centres, luncheon clubs, social clubs, uh, and by uh, actively encouraging the community to try to take responsibility, particularly for their elderly.
5: As Brian Coulter sees it, the situation of social need is compounded by the violence. But violence or no, the development of the city itself brings about its own demands
6: on the social services. I work particularly in the north and west areas of Belfast and recently it has been acknowledged by our own uh, Minister of State here that we have vast areas which have been designated as areas of special social need. These, in fact, are the inner city areas which are currently going through the process of redevelopment with all the consequent social problems that are entailed in redevelopment.
5: How do you come to terms with those kinds of problems?
6: Well, uh, we have uh, now been acknowledged as areas of special, no- special social need uh, and uh, we intend increasing greatly our staff numbers, our numbers of social workers in post. We've also a programme for opening new facilities such as day centres luncheon clubs for the elderly people who are left behind when younger families and younger members of the family move out to new housing areas. Uh, We also were increasing on the other support services such as Meals and Wheels and on centres for the physically handicapped. This is part of an overall UK policy, isn't it? It it is indeed. Uh, We're not unique in Belfast in this respect, but I think there has been an acknowledgement certainly at uh, our local level that Belfast is probably, certainly as bad as any other uh, city uh, in the United Kingdom and probably worse in North and West Belfast. We have claimed at times that uh, we perhaps uh, are an area that could, could be said to be the area of greatest social need, maybe even in Western Europe. Maybe that's uh, <laughs> too great a claim, I don't know.
5: Are you saying this in terms of the havoc brought by the political situation or just generally anyway the rundown down inner city areas?
6: Well, we simply can't get away from the, the added problems uh, because of the civil disturbances. Uh, the problem of the inner city areas and the rundown in the inner city areas certainly is the major problem, but uh, it has been compounded by the civil disturbances.
5: That's the kind of problem dealt with by the statutory social services, the services provided by the Health Board. But because they are the statutory services and subject to the bureaucracy of the civil service, some people claim that the social workers are limited in what they can offer. With 13 years' service, half of it during the Troubles, Obie Williams gave it up.
3: Well, coupled with the fact that it was having a baby... Um, I had I had re- already decided that I really wasn't getting much job satisfaction out of my work. I felt inadequate, um, and looking at the social circumstances in which people lived, and given the political situation here, I really felt that social workers could be allowed by the boards to do a more effective job.
5: In what way was the board not encouraging or allowing it to do a more effective job?
3: Um... I think since reorganisation, when social services was absorbed into the huge hospital complexes, that um, the administration became rather overweighty, so to speak, and um, they didn't seem to understand the values uh, and the aims and objectives of social work. I mean, I really feel when you have, I'm sure, three times more administrators and social workers that uh, it makes an impossible situation to apply the theory of social work into the real-life living situation.
6: I put that criticism to Brian Coulter. Well, you you will know that we have gone through a process of fairly massive reorganisation of the social services as part of a a wider reorganisation of local government and the health and social services generally uh, in October 1973 and the objective of that reorganisation was stated to be that it was to provide a framework for better client services and improved interprofessional decision-making. Now, I think that there is general agreement among professionals involved in in, uh, caring for people that uh, the potential uh, of the reorganised service hasn't been realised in the sense that we had hoped it might have been and I would have to concede that there have been problems that have led to what certainly appears to be an increase in, uh, in uh, the bureaucracy. Uh, nevertheless, I think we've got to see this sort of criticism in the context of what has been achieved.
3: Well, I feel that... Um You know, he may be talking about some symptoms which have been cleared up, but there are causes as well. And I feel that the entire structure of the boards is particularly insensitive to the values and needs of social work. Uh, In fact, I think that the bureaucracy involved in it has become the end rather than the means to the end.
5: In this following case, the grandmother of two children was attempting to bring up the children herself. The children's mother had died and their father was in Britain. The woman maintains she got little support from the social services.
7: Well, if you're dirty and filthy, they'll look after you, and if you're clean and keep the children well, you're not looked after.
5: What, what way did you find particularly when you were dealing with them that they weren't looking after you?
7: Well, I find because the children were well cared for, that was it. But,
5: but were you due certain payments that they didn't give you?
7: Well, if I had to put the children on the welfare they looked after, then better, but I wouldn't put them on the welfare.
5: What does signing the children over to welfare mean?
7: It meant that um, instead of you know being under the Guardian Alliance, that they would keep them, the state would keep them, they would put them under the welfare. Here, well, that meant that I was handing the children back to the back to the welfare.
5: You know, saying the children over to the welfare. You wouldn't be able to look after them yourself anymore, is that it? Well, they would have
7: had control of the children.
5: You didn't want to do that. Oh, not at all. So therefore, you didn't get any payments because you didn't want to do that.
7: No, I was, I got the I got the Guardian Alliance for them. Through the the government, not through the welfare. They don't give you anything through the welfare if you're getting guardian allowance.
5: Confusion about different allowances. The social worker who looked after this case was Mary Johnson.
3: Whenever uh, this lady's uh, grandchildren were left without a mother and father, although the father was still alive, uh, the grandmother had to look after the children because the father had taken off. And when the lady went down to the office about the family alliance, she was entitled to know that the social <laughs> services could have looked after the children or <coughs> could have, should have looked after the children or should have studied her case, and she was unaware of this. So therefore she had to uh, try and get in contact with the children's father, which took her one solid year to fight. and that time, she got a mere one pounds eighty family allowance for the three children.
7: You see, when my daughter died, I went down. That's, she was buried on the Thursday. Well, on the Friday, I wasn't entitled to draw the children's family allowance of yes. £1.80. But yes. I brought down all her birth death birth certificates and things like that for the. Yeah. And I went into the girl, and the girl says to me, Go into that other office because those children would have to be kept. Yeah. And when I went into the other office, I explained to the fellow it was only after burying the children's mother, yeah. and the father and her had been separated for three years. Yeah. And they asked me uh, who they were, and I said they were my grandchildren. They asked me, was my husband working? And I said, he was. He said, well, you're not entitled to anything here. Uh-huh. I wasn't entitled to anything then. But he says, more than likely, he says, well, uh, you'll get the family allowance. Uh-huh. Well, then, that Saturday, that was on Friday, and Saturday morning, they sent the child's free milk book.
8: Uh-huh.
7: And I got no family allowance, but they paid the family allowance back up again. Yeah. Like when, they got it, when they got it through they got it paid back up again when well, I was getting the £1.80 per week well then it was understood that both father and mother had to be dead yes. before you were allowed a guardian allowance That's right. well their father had been away
1: yes.
7: four years nearly
1: yes.
7: and uh, I went over to see the MP about it and he says well in my opinion that man's dead because he's never come back to see the children, not even yet yes. well he says well I think you should be entitled till the guardian Alliance. Guardian so he says get a farm out he says okay. and fill it in okay. well i filled that in well then they allowed me at that time was eight pound okay. odds but it has risen from that till it went up to 22 pounds
5: what about that kind of involved situation where the rules don't seem to be elastic enough to take care of individual cases again brian coulter of the northern ireland
6: eastern health board well, I, I think certainly, as I've already indicated, I would have to concede that there have been problems, and I would see many of them as having been teething problems in this new structure. But really, uh, in that sort of case, we do have flexibility within the Social Services Department. There is provision under the legislation that we operate within, which does provide for assistance to families in, in the sort of need that you've uh, just mentioned. And indeed, in the area in which I work, we have had a, a very substantial increase in the amount of money provided to individuals in that sort of need. So I I would concede that there certainly are problems in uh, the different uh, agencies relating to each other, but I think we're slowly beginning to overcome these. <whistles>
1: I was a lovely child, a lovely child, a lovely child. For Rosa was a lovely child a long time ago. A wicked fairy cast a spell, cast a spell, cast a spell. A wicked fairy cast a
5: spell a long time ago. In talking with social workers and others in what are called the caring professions, the term community occurs very often. But what is a community? Are there not many subgroups of communities within any one community? For instance, in the community of Ballymurphy, there would be many different communities in terms of political attitudes, streets, in terms of class groupings. You could be part of a community with your neighbour in the sense that you live next door to him and yet be different from him in the sense you may not share his political allegiances. And yet, once again, you could be with him in your worship at a common church or have children at the same school. Yet with all the many possible differences in the use of the word community, it continues to be used as a general meaning of amorphous goodwill to imply good relations with one's fellow man. By whatever name it is called, the ideal of harmonious living between groups is so desirable and objective that there was not only the Community Relations Commission but also in the short-lived executive an actual Ministry of Community Relations... But with even that, it didn't last very long, as Joe Mulvena explains.
8: Originally I was a teacher in a number of Belfast schools and then in 1970 I joined the Northern Ireland Community Relations Commission as a community development officer.
5: What is the history of uh, that commission? In
8: October 1969, following a number of reforms in Northern Ireland uh, entitled... uh, Downing Declaration, it was proposed to set up a Northern Ireland Community Relations Commission to deal with some of the community problems in Northern Ireland.
5: Was the motive behind that uh, to combat sectarianism in, say, in the same way that the Community Relations Committee or Council in Britain uh, the motive of it is to stop discrimination, to stop the differences between racial groups erupting into violence? I think primarily that was the idea. Uh,
8: therefore it was seen as uh, a way of or at least having an independent body sponsored by government that would inquire into the causes and try to find ways of dealing with some of the discrimination as it was supposed to exist in Northern Ireland at that time. What happened to it? Well, initially the the commission spent a year looking at ways of dealing with the problem as uh, outlined in Northern Ireland and they found that the approach of the Community Relations Commission in the UK would be completely unsuitable. And the commission at that stage decided that they would—they were not prepared to paper over cracks, but to try and find fundamental causes for the conflict in Northern Ireland. And they undertook then, in 1970, a programme of community development. Rather than uh, take people away from Northern Ireland to be trained in community development, they brought over... Uh, to Northern Ireland, uh, Professor Griffiths, who had experience in community development, and he trained about 10 people in the Northern Ireland situation in uh, the techniques of community development. Eventually, uh, the chairman of the Community Relations Commission resigned because he felt that the, the, the Northern Ireland government was making no headway in relation to the problems, nor did they, they, they seemed to be only paying lip service. Uh, it, it, was
5: the, it Was this uh, a case of the government not giving him the resources he wanted or affecting some political policies that he felt had come out of uh, the community development work?
8: I think it was a mixture of both. I think on the one hand they weren't prepared to, to give the resources to the programme that was required and also I think he felt that the government were not prepared to... Uh, have any political initiatives that would break the stalemate at that particular time? And in fact, uh, two months later, Stormont was paroled and direct rule was introduced. What do you deduce from that? Well, I deduce from that that in, in fact, that at least his resignation had some bearing on the situation, and at least highlighting the fact that that government at that stage weren't were prepared to sit tight and and do nothing. Uh, rather than, than even whistle in the dark and weren't even prepared to do
5: that. Is there any implication here that the government or the authorities at the time when prepared to give uh, money or services into the areas which were at that time uh, fairly disturbed areas on sectarian grounds?
8: i wouldn 't say that I would say that it was probably more to do with the fact that um, the problem in Northern Ireland uh, once started once it had begun to be researched, I think the the results of the research carried out, and um, the nature of the causes would pose very many fundamental questions about the running of the state. Uh, I think it must be accepted that uh, given a situation like Northern Ireland, where there are many social problems economic problems and as well the uh, d- discriminatory problems; the results of any research would prove, um, at, at, to say the least, embarrass- embarrassing for for the powers that be. In what sense? Well, in the sense that, that if, <coughs> for example, there was a uh, very high levels of unemployment, as has subsequently been proved, and that many much of the the, the unemployment are at least the most serious of the unemployment unemployment problems were uh, aligned to specific areas i.e. nationalist areas uh, places west of the ban and also uh, black spots within Belfast uh, I think the accusing fingers could be pointed that there was discrimination being carried out by government and no matter whether these facts were true it uh, made no difference because people's attitudes yes. would be that, that, they, that they had taken place and, and were uh, <clears throat> there because government was discriminating
5: so, when the uh, development uh, commission died, what happened then?
8: Well, I think the, uh, at that particular time, uh, to give some of the background in it, uh, the Northern uh, the. Power sharing executive was in vogue. I think the attitude of the polit- some of the politicians, particularly Ivan Cooper, was that uh, power-sharing was effective. Uh, we had good community relations, at least in Stormont. People were backslapping, slapping and rubbing each other in the back and saying what a good job they were doing. They ignored what was going on in the street. And uh, Plus, I think, uh, in effect, I, the, 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 this Northern Ireland Civil Service <coughs> uh they took the opportunity of getting rid of something which was a thorn in their flesh because the Northern Ireland Community Relations Commission had um, been always prepared to to say its piece and at least to speak uh, what it felt to be the the, the causes of problems and the inadequacies of government service. And this was rather disturbing for for, um, civil servants. Uh, I think it's a normal and natural thing for for them to take this attitude because if... um, government usually, at least the departments, usually like things to be neatly tied up and under their control. And if there was a body in existence which was receiving a substantial sum of money from government and was in fact opposed to a lot of the services that were being given by government, well then I think it's only natural for them to want to to get rid of it. What succeeded it? Nothing. Uh, in fact, at the time, uh, the, minister resp- the British minister responsible undertook to set up uh, an advisory committee uh, of a community work nature. But, in effect, on the ground, the community development programme went ahead because local communities had been developed enough to undertake to provide their own service backups and demanded that at least the offices that had been used by the Community Relations Commission uh, during their programme were, were kept open.
5: And these were kept open then by voluntary groups, were they?
8: They were kept open by voluntary committees, management committees, but government were, were still prepared to give um, assistance and uh, towards the employment of of one staff, one community worker in each, and also to provide uh, backup services by way of uh, duplicating and, and secretarial work. This subsequently was passed on to the local district councillors when they were being... Uh, uh, when they were reorganised. It would seem also that government policy was such that they uh, wanted to put community work under the auspices of district councils.
5: Joe Mulvenna is not so disillusioned with the possibilities of the communities helping themselves that he has erased the term community. The clearinghouse, of which he is a co-director, is called the Community Development Centre of Northern Ireland, with the emphasis on community development. It occupies shabby premises on the Antrim Road, a road marked with the marks of war, buildings tired with dereliction, slogans of death on gable ends.
8: The idea was a number of people who had been in, who had been doing community work on a full-time basis, both within the community relations commission and also uh, within their own communities, came together to give back up support to specific projects. From that time, the the, the centre has been developing its own particular policy it has also been monitoring uh, what has been going on in the community work field and making attempts to to fill some gaps and also to uh, promote new
5: experimental ideas and
8: community work.
5: What are the kinds of things which the center has been promoting
8: well some of the things the practical thing is giving backup service to the local cooperative ventures uh, uh, these are across the board, and also particularly in 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 relation to to training and and uh, servicing people who want to do their own thing in the community.
5: Joe Mulvenna's group services interested people on both sides of the divide, and Alan Gillespie is director of another community-oriented organisation, Community Service
0: Volunteers. It's it's um, a problem that all of us face uh, daily tra- when we're trying to do community work, trying to bring two communities together. But there are very, very encouraging signs at the moment. Um, One is always inclined to think of the paramilitaries as being the hostile elements, but we're beginning to see that the paramilitaries are doing quite a lot of good in certain areas, encouraging the growth of tenants' associations, encouraging the growth of community awareness, looking at things like self-help industries, looking at cooperatives. And all these things are slowly and significantly changing the whole structure here in the north. Um, not every member of a par- paramilitary organisation is necessarily uh, a bad man. Some of them are using their energies in a misdirected way, and if those energies can be tapped and redirected, uh, we could have a very successful society here.
5: What about the kind of um, other work that the volunteers get involved in, in community play groups and so on? To what extent do you think that is acting as an antidote to the influences
0: of political violence. We are giving the young people an alternative, that every solution, every problem is not met by a violent solution, uh, that there is a a peaceful solution to most problems. A lot of our our situation here in Northern Ireland is as a result of environmental problems. Uh, We are encouraging the young people to think of solving those problems in a non-violent means. For example, if young people are vandalising a housing estate, it's not because the young people are bad, it could well be that there is no play facilities for them. So a volunteer going in there, encouraging the growth of play facilities, could ease the vandalism problem.
5: That surely, though, is um, scratching the surface literally, in the sense that if you look at the two community divisions here, Um, many of the paramilitaries, as they would see it, and indeed as outsiders would see it, are actually motivated by a sense of community spirit to their own particular tribal community.
0: Yes, I I would accept that, that the the paramilitaries, um, for all their faults, do uh, on occasion speak with the sincerity of the community, that the paramilitaries are members of the community, they know the community problems, Uh, Quite often they lack the expertise in solving those problems, but many of our social problems have been highlighted by the paramilitaries. Now, it's up to other people who have the expertise then to try and solve them using peaceful methods.
5: One of the offshoots of the community service volunteers is
9: the Young Help Scheme, Tim Barnes. To provide employment for uh, 16- to 18-year-old unemployed school leavers in the caring field...
5: And this is mainly a UK scheme, which you happen to be running in the Northern Ireland area, is that it?
9: Yes, uh, it's separately funded in Northern Ireland, and uh, in many ways it is rather different. Um, Northern Ireland has its own approach to the problem of unemployment, um, which is probably more severe in, in, the, in Northern Ireland than anywhere else uh, in the UK. Um, Enterprise Ulster is one example of this. Young Help is an, another By offering a period of a year uh, employment for uh, young people that the face-to-face contact that they have in, for example, an old people's home, uh, which is operated by the social services, uh, will increase their confidence and will enable them to um, broaden their experience, perhaps to make a choice about their future career.
3: Well, you'd go, go away for the weekend, you'd go away probably on a Saturday morning or a Friday night and you'll meet other team members from Derry and Newry and all those places and then you go there and you'd go away and you'd split up into different groups, you know and say one group is working in a play group and somebody's working in other know people so I mean, you just tell each other how you get on and then first of all before you really start talking you'd have games, like, you know, passing the ball around trying to communicate with them and building a relationship up before you start your games and then you would have one, I mean, you'd go in a group and there'd be, say, three people asking this one girl who's pretending to be an old lady and she's living in a flat and she's living away up high and she doesn't want meals and wheels and she doesn't want this and she doesn't want that, you know. And you're going to try to sit and find out what she really does want, you know. And that's what goes on the weekend. You're just trying to find out what other people do, what the other young help do.
5: The optimism of one young girl who might otherwise be unemployed. Nobody, of course, is pretending that the massive input of social workers and of community workers of many shades and disciplines. Nobody is pretending that they can do any more than alleviate the effects of what is a basically unstable situation.
3: It felt inadequate, um, and looking at the social circumstances in which people lived, and given the political situation here, I really felt that social workers could be allowed by the boards to do a more effective job.
9: I think there is a fairly sound argument for saying that it's um, just a wallpapering job, that it is patching up the cracks. But I think when I talk to individual social workers and community workers, it's their idealism which makes me think that, you know, that there's something behind it and that we're moving really quite rapidly to a situation where um, the driving force is coming from the community.